Chapter 26 of The Road to Mandalay. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Linda Marie Nielsen, Vancouver, B.C. The Road to Mandalay by Betha Mary Crocker fitzgerald imparts information up to the time of the murder of roscoe shaftu had kept his experience to himself even with the evidence of his own eyes he shrank from suspecting anyone connected with sophie after all there were plenty of shan ponies in ragoon and Croce's inquiry about the tiger might be just a mere coincidence but now facts were forming up in a stern array despite his reluctance to face them there was no doubt that kraus had spies and tools and if that was his great pony dasoit what was dasoit doing in the jungle thirty miles from ragoon it was suspiciously strange that after miss bliss's mention of a loafer who had given information a loafer toasted by kraus an individual answering the description had so promptly disappeared well now sophie or no sophie fitzgerald must be told shaft too found his opportunity the following night when he and the police officer had the veranda to themselves roscoe with an actor's inquenchable ardor for the theater was patronizing a play the tour of charlie's aunt had reached rangoon the mcnab was dining with the presbyterian minister after the table had been cleared and cheroots produced without any circumlocation or preference shaftu plunged into his subject and laid his information and suspicions before his friend who to his amazement replied oh well i've had my own ideas for some time me boy i have noticed that kraus is one of the loudest in crowing whenever we make a haul of contraband it has struck me that his enthusiasm is a bit overdone i believe he is in with a pack of swindlers but has a wonderful knack of safeguarding his own ugly carcass his wealth is a well-known fact but its source is distinctly mysterious he is not like the usual business man who puts by a few thousands every now and then made in teak or paddy kraus has a share in everything that's any good oil rubies trams wolfram rubber and so on the capital he invests in these concerns cannot come from ordinary speculation in rice and teak so the question is where does he get it as shaftu made no reply fitzgerald 
put down his chair root, drew his chair closer to the table, and leaning over to his companion, said, Look here, my boy, you are a thundering good sort, and I'd like to tell you one or two small things, and give you a bit of advice that may be useful. From what you say, I have no doubt that Kraus suspects that you have seen something of his game. How much he cannot be sure, but one thing is absolutely certain. He won't trust you, and you'll find that in some way or another. He'll have his knife into Douglas Shaftu, same as the late Richard Roscoe. Let us hope he won't feel obliged to take such strong measures, but I wouldn't put it past him to do you a devilish nasty turn. This is pleasant, but indefinite. Well, let me advise you to take cover. Do not go about alone after dark or on foot. I never do except over to the Salters. Don't stir even over to the Salters, or when you do, go take Roscoe. He and Salter are birds of a feather, a couple of philosophers, clever, deeply read, cranks. I shall notify my men to keep a sharp eye on you. So that I'm to be under police protection, am I? I'm afraid it will be a distressing necessity, but the fact will naturally be known only to you and me. So you honestly believe that Kraus is not on the square? Fitzgerald nodded and then replied, He does not associate with the best German people here. I think they smell a rat, and the English give him a fairly wide berth. His manners are impossible. Even in Rangoon money is not everything, and his re record is peculiar. He came away from China stony broke, picked up a few thousand in Singapore, and then settled in Rangoon about 12 years ago, and Rangoon has suited him down to the ground. When they first arrived, Mrs. Crouse was an extraordinarily handsome woman, popular and lively, could keep a whole dinner table going, and was always splendidly dressed, on the whole a valuable but unconscious tool. Latterly, her health has failed, and she has subsided. Besides, his German hangers-on, the oddest sort of guests collected at Heidelberg, Though you and I may not meet them, men from Calcutta, the Straits, and even China. Not long ago, I came across Krauss's brown motor in a block in Fair Street. I happened to glance inside. There was Krauss himself and two fat natives, one a notorious budmush, and I noticed that after I had passed, a hand pulled down the blind. Why, in a place like this? And indeed everywhere, 
a man is judged by his friends. Klaus tries to keep in with Rangoon society and poses as a brusque, eccentric sort of fellow. With a rude manner and a good heart, the days of his grand dinner parties came to an end some time ago. Now the fat gray spider at Heidenberg has to rely more or less on his wife's pretty niece. She is bright and popular and attracts a lot of useful people into his web. To see that girl pouring out tea or sitting at the piano making delicious music, who would suppose that Heidelberg was the headquarters of a gang of thieves? Mrs. Krauss is a back number. Her health has gone to pieces, and lately I believe she is in a bad way. He paused, and surveying Shaftu with half-closed eyes, added, I suppose you don't know what her complaint is? Oh, yes, acute neuralgia. Acute grandmother? scoffed Fitzgerald. Guess again? Well, what? Fitzgerald leant over, took a long breath, and whispered the word cocaine. Oh, nonsense! And Shaftu burst out laughing. Why, man, you're mad. Mad? Not a bit of it. I happen to know where she gets the snuff, and I've known for a good while. Krauss has no idea that his wife drugs. It's all so artfully managed that Madras Ea is a rare treasure and as cunning as the devil. She ought to be in our secret service. I needn't tell you that she is extravagantly paid. Well, but Fitz, I don't believe it. No, and I won't believe it. All right, then. Look here. You have never noticed how brilliant and lively Mrs. Krauss is at times, with shining eyes and a color in her cheeks. Then, on other days, if she does appear, she is limp as a wet rag, depressed and old. There is a complete lack of all vital force. Now tell me how you account for that. Her illness, stammered Shaftu, the climate. Neither the one nor the other. But bar the cocaine habit, Mrs. Krauss is all right and straight. She has no suspicion of her husband's ill practices, nor he of hers. And you suspect both? Why not? Suspicion is part of my trade. I think you and I had better be seeing our beds. I have seen the chocodar peering round the corner of the staircase. I don't know what he is up to. He may imagine that we are hatching mischief. I caught his eye when I was whispering just now, and it is more than likely that he has suspicions of us both. End of chapter 26